Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Awesome. Come on, can we clap our hands? Isn't that amazing? Be in the church. Be in the church, reaching people, building lives, and that's who you are. That's who you've always been from day one. And we're just so honored to be a part of Milestone Church. And every time Pastor Jeff invites me, I'm just humbled to be able to come alongside of what God is doing here. I want to take a moment welcome all those who've joined us at one of our campuses. Or maybe you're watching online or via video or on demand throughout the week. Thanks so much for being a part. We love you. You matter to God. What's happening in your life uh, is so important. We're praying for you. Come on, Milestone. Let's clap our hands for all those who have joined us. Thanks a lot for being with us. You know, I've just watched this church grow over these years, and you've expanded and continue to expand uh, beyond, that's an important word here, uh, creating more space, opening up more campus. It's always about reaching people, just the growth track and the small groups and all the ways that you've reached people, uh, how you've responded during COVID. I mean, the serve team has been on fire. Uh, COVID has not stopped the serve, and you've continued to love people and reach out to people. And then last week, you had, you've been busy the last couple of weeks. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Winter Storm 21. Winter Storm 21. And uh, you responded like, uh, as I've watched you as a church and talked to your pastor, uh, you responded like I knew you would. You would be the hands and feet of Jesus. So doing everything you can to let people know that they matter and they matter to you, all the ways that you've been there. That's because of generosity. It's because of resource. And just so thankful for how you are a part of that. And I, I love a church that just puts on the website, Call us if you need help, because you better be serious about that, because guess what? Somebody's going to call you, and so uh, people called you, and, and, and you gave help. You, you did exactly what you said you were going to do. That just speaks to the integrity of this house and team and, and your pastors and, and the integrity of your generosity, and I see that so often. I get to see that. Not only as I've seen you respond locally, but nationally, we get to help plant churches. I lead an organization. Over 20 years, we planted a little under 1,000 churches. And so because when you go online to give or you text to give and you're faithful, uh, we help start new churches. So today, we're starting new churches. So when you see your friends late on today, say, I launched two new churches today. We, we're launching one in North Dakota, which is the first time we've ever launched a church in North Dakota. And then we've launched, we're launching one in Vegas. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's like polar opposites. The Dakotas are Vegas, and, and so you're planting churches today. I want to say thank you on behalf of young couples that want to do this, that want to learn from you as a people, that want to plant churches, and so when you give, you're part of that. And then, of course, internationally, all that you do to reach the unreached and to be there for those who need the Word of God uh, in their life. And so much of that comes right out of the heart of your pastors. I thank God for pastors Jeff and Brandy. I've known them. They are the real deal. Uh, the integrity, uh, the word of God. They love the word of God. They love you, uh, how God is using them to influence this nation, whether it's the books that pastor Jeff is writing or the generosity. And I'm just so grateful for his friendship and his leadership. Can we clap our hands for our pastors one more time? Oh, come on, show your love for your pastors. They are the real deal, and I'm just grateful. And so the Rizzos love the Littles, and, 
and I get to see you be a part of that. I, I get to also lead churches in engaging their community, a movement called Servolution. So we put out resources, and you're helping do that. This year we'll put out a curriculum on helping churches engage the community, engaging those who are fighting addiction or struggling through mental health. And so thank you so much. We'll put out some new curriculum, and you're a part of that. But we love you, and, and I pastor a church for 20 years in, in Baton Rouge. I married a Cajun girl. I'm Italian. She's Cajun. Whole lot of activity going on in my house and a whole lot of food. My wife is with me over here. Can we clap our hands? Delenn's right there. Delenn Monique, South Louisiana. Found me a Cajun girl. And, uh, and we, so we serve that. We also serve at a great church in Birmingham that's similar to this church and having a blast. I love the series that you're in right now. My goodness, Seeds. I've learned more in this series. I've, I've watched all of them. I, I've got the Seeds Guide. I've been watching these messages all about sowing and reaping. And the whole idea of soil have been phenomenal. I've been in ministry a long time. And I, I had no idea it was that. It was there, there was so much content in the Bible to Pastor Jeff brought that to my attention. And then last week's message, I've watched three times. I believe it's a top five message I've ever heard. The idea of what do we learn from the wheat and the weeds is so, if you've not watched that installment, you watch that message. I believe it's a landmark message on understanding what God's made us to be and the life that he intended. So I'm grateful for the message and I'm going to come alongside of that series. I want to talk around the idea. We're going to talk a little bit about giving and sowing and, and, and tithing and generosity and spreading God's love. I want to talk for a few minutes around the idea of above and beyond. That's an important word here, beyond. Above and beyond. So let's talk about that. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for this church and thank you for all those that have joined us and all that's happening. We felt your presence during worship and prayer. And Lord, we thank you for our pastors. Lord, what a gift they are to, to each of us and to the body of Christ. So, Lord, we pray you bless them and thank you for putting us in this house. And Lord, we pray that you'd speak to every heart today. Let every person know that they matter, what's happening in their world, what's happening in their life. God, I pray, God, that they'll sense your presence, sense the love of God in their life. No one's too far. God, you'll draw people even in these moments. Lord, thank you for the seed, the word of God. Thank you for Jesus. We love you. We love you. And everybody said a good amen. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church. Come on, look at the other person that was your second option and tell them, you look like you could use a little church, my friend. That's how we say it down in the south, church, church, ha. So Delenn, I planted a church in December of 1992. We began to pastor. We launched it in December, which is not a good idea. But then we started over kind of four weeks later in January. We were so young. She was 23 years old. She was just a baby, and I was 28 years old. We wanted to love people, wanted to make a difference, didn't know that, didn't know nothing. And so we started pastoring that church. I was preaching a little bit. She was working uh, at an office at a hospital, and, and we were just trying our best to reach people. And so about week 10, I'd only been pastoring 10 weeks. I was fresh out of Bible college just a few years before that was a student pastor for a couple of years. And here I am. I'm at my house in the parsonage. There is a thing called a parsonage. You don't know that. Back in the day, they'd build a, they'd build a house beside the church. So the pastor would be on property 24 hours a day. And I'm just right there. 5 a.m. I'm right here. And so we, lit, we moved into a parsonage of a little church. And, 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 and my phone rings. Now, many of you have never heard that expression, a phone rings at your house. There used to be a phone that was attached to a wall 
We'll go over that in another session. And so phone rings. I pick it up. And it's Sister Onita. Every church needs a Sister Onita. And Sister Onita said, Pastor, Pastor, you, you're going to have to get down here. You know, I live at the end of Hushatu Road. and I'm right here by Bayou Man Shack. And you have to come down here and help me because the flood water is coming up. And the, the Bayou Man Shack is going to be in my house at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. So I'm going to need you to come on over here and help me get this carpet. going to move. I got Momo upstairs. We have to get Momo moved. And, 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 and I, I, I didn't know anything. They did not teach me in seminary about Sister Onita about the Bayou Man Shack, and I did not go through the course called Momo. <laughs> Didn't know Momo. She says, you got to get over and help me. So I, I hung up the phone. I, I, I remember that we were about 20 people in our church at that time. I knew one guy had a truck, so there was one truck among us. And I called Brother Pete and said, Brother Pete, I'm going to need your truck. Sister Onita's flood. And, and then, I, you know, he was older than me, so we need a little muscle. So I called the one college kid that was coming to our church that his parents were forcing him to come to. And so he's the only one with any muscles. I called him, Jeff, I'm going to need you to come. We're going to go down there. He's bringing a truck. You're bringing muscles. I'm going to be the spiritual advisor. I'll be the chaplain of the, our first disaster response. I've done outreach before. I've done serve before. But I've never done a disaster response. And so we go down there. And we began to work in our home and for about, about 12 hours. We moved furniture. We loaded a furniture up on a trailer and a truck. And we tore the carpet out. And we, we began to help her get Momo situated. I didn't know what to do. And so I had an idea. Maybe we can rent a storage unit. She, she wanted to put her furniture at somebody else's house up in the attic or back in a barn. And we were worried about the flood water coming over there. So I, I said, let's get a storage unit way out of harm's way. And I, I looked at the church account. Thank God we had a little above and beyond from our time. We had a little extra that was in our account. So I rented a storage unit for $99 and signed a three-month contract with believing God that the, the rest would come in to be able to take care of Sister Onita. And I remember giving it our all. And, and uh, a couple weeks later, when the flood water went down, we went in there and we tore out that baseboards and we tore out that sheetrock and dried it out and helped her lay carpet and moved that furniture back in there and got Mom all back settled in into her upstairs apartment. I I remember the feeling of, of what went on on the inside of me. I remember being thankful that I answered the phone. I remember being thankful that we responded and, and we gave it everything we had. And I was grateful that I went all out. When it was over, I was grateful that I went above and beyond. And I learned a lesson from that moment. And I learned something as I watched you as a people even two weeks ago respond to hurting humanity and to people that were not certain about their home or their family. What I learned is the simple truth that there is amazing power that takes place when you and I commit and live a life of above and beyond generosity. Really what I find is a freedom. There's a freedom in generosity that you do not find in any other thing. There's something about giving and loving and caring and noticing and going all out. When you just decide that I'm going to live my life for, from a pure motive, I don't have to be seen, seen, I don't have to be noticed, I don't have to be mentioned, I'm going to have a pure motive. I'm going to have good soil, as Pastor Jeff has taught us. I'm going to decide to give my life away. I'm not going to live a life of me, myself, and I. And I want my life and my love and my, my giving, I want it to be like a seed that is planted in the love of God. And when you do that, Milestone, you know what happens? It grows and it grows and it grows above and beyond what you and I could ever imagine. That's the gospel. Now, I'm a simple preacher. I like things on the bottom shelf. 
I pray that God always sends me scriptures and I look for scriptures and I dig out scriptures that just say it. And because I like simplicity, I like, I just got to see it. I know if you go over to my wife's area in our bathroom and you look at her tub and she's got lotion for Wednesday for her elbow. I mean, she's got, she got shampoo on Tuesday. We got, we got conditioner on Sunday when it's raining. We got exfoliators for Monday afternoon when there's a little fog out. You go to my shower, I got one bottle, shampoo, conditioner, and soap. It's a three in one. Come on, somebody. Brother, simple. I'm a simple brother. I like simple scriptures that just say it to us. And we've got one. It's in your seeds, God, also, which is phenomenal. If you've not dove into that seeds, God, get one. And so the scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 11. I'm going to read it real slow. This is an amazing, this is the big idea of multiplication. Paul says this, remember this. Don't forget it, remember it. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly, I like that, will reap sparingly. We've been learning a lot about sowing and reaping. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you, not some of you, not a certain part of you, each of you should give. No one is exempt from the idea of generosity. Each of you should give. And you give what you have decided in your heart. Giving is an act of the heart. Giving is an act of love. Tithing is an act of worship. Decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion where you feel coerced or you feel uh, you know, there, there's, a, there's a feeling of I have to. No, 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 no. You, you give because you get to. And here's what the Bible says. When you do that, it says something about God. For God loves a cheerful giver. It kind of throws that in there. God loves a cheerful giver. And I like that word cheerful. Put it on pause for a moment. It's the Greek word hilaris, where we get the word hilarious. So God loves a hilarious giver. I don't know about you, but when I hear the word hilarious, I like the word hilarious. I want the word hilarious. I invite hilarious into my life. Hilarious ain't never hurt me. I, I, I've never heard anybody say, I got a hilarious story to tell you. No, 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 brother. I need something serious. I never have, I've never had anybody run up on me and say, man, I'm about to tell you something hilarious that just happened. No, 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 no. I, I, what I need is I need you to bring the negative. I'd rather, I need you. No, no. I love when somebody tells I got something. I saw something. I love hilarious. And Paul says that our giving, our tithing, our generosity, our serving is something. It's like a party. It's not hurtful. It's not meant to be down or pressured or intense or all this feeling of, of heaviness. Oh, we're talking about giving. That's so heavy. No, it's not. We're talking about giving. That's <laughs> what the Bible says. I'm going with the Bible. The Bible goes on to say, and God is able, thank you, Lord, to bless you abundantly so that in all things, yes, in all times, COVID, winter 21 storm, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work, every type of good work you could imagine. For it's written, they have freely scattered their farming, their gifts to the poor, and their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, thank God for how he supplies 
our needs and our bread and takes care of us. And not everything is, is meant to be sown. Some of it is meant to be enjoyed. He, but he will also supply and increase your store. There's that idea of above and beyond. Increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest for your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way, every way you could imagine. You'll be enriched so that there's a purpose. You're not just enriched to just enjoy it on me, myself, and I. So that you will be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Can I have an amen for God's word? Well, I love that scripture. It's the big idea. You know, it's talking in farming. I've learned a lot about farming, watching every installment of seeds. I've, I've dug into it. It's amazing that the Bible talks so much about seed and tree and life, and it's all tied together. And this is a story, really, that's talking about a farmer who's given more, and he's got, God's blessed him, and he's, gonna, he's got acres, and he's got, he's got a spread, and he's got land, and he's planting it, and there's an increase. There's fruit. There's, there's enough for the storehouse, and, and, and he's making a difference in his life, and it's blessing his life, but it's blessing others, and, and there's enough to go around and and there and it, there's overflow and there's there there is spilling over to other people there's this idea of this person that wants to live above and beyond but I started thinking about this I love that picture but then there's the opposite side of that where if you imagine that there's a farmer who has land who has acres who has opportunity who has potential as we've been learning about and he's got seed he's got carrots and he's got watermelon he's got candle he's got the seed but yet when he looks at a seed that's in his hand, the seed that's been given to him, and he looks at the land, he starts getting fearful, he gets worried, he gets panicky, he gets nervous, because he doesn't know if he's ever going to get seed again. And he just, he, he can't imagine, what I, I've only got this little bit of seed, why would I, why would I spread it, why would I, it's so precious, why, I, I can't see that I'm going to bury it where I can't ever have it again, I can't watch it, I, I can't control it, I can't, I can't manage it, I, I can't be the shot caller of my own seed, I, I can't rule it, I can't, I, I can't be a part of it, no, 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 no. That, that, and what he doesn't know that if he takes that approach and he, he makes that decision about a seed and what's in his hand, then what he doesn't realize is that if, if you have a seed and it's not sown, it equals stagnation and starvation. That literally the more he holds on to it, the more he loses. The opposite of being able to spread it, give it, is that you hoard it. And if you hoard it, there will be no harvest, nor will it help anyone. That is not what God wants for you and I. He wants us to be people that are generous in our life. Now, I'm 56 years old. I enjoy being 56. Don't feel sorry for me because I'm 56. Please don't come up and tell me it's okay that you're 56 because 56 is the new 36. No, it's not. My friend, 56 is 56. It's 56. And I like it. Because what I like about being 56 is you can kind of say what you want and go to bed when you want. And sometimes you combine the two. Sometimes people at my house, I just go in there and say, I don't like none of y'all. Get out of my house. I'm going to bed. It's phenomenal. Try it. Love being 56. But, but so I, I, I travel and get to be at some great churches like this and conferences and things like that. And so, but lately I've been shifting over from being the main speaker to being on the panel. I'm on the panel circuit. 
Because every panel needs an old person on it. And so I'm the old guy on the panel. They'll ask me questions like, when you planted your church, and you know, how did you move the horse and wagon? I mean, what was that like when you, know, when you came over on the Mayflower and you began to spread the gospel? How, what did that feel like as a pilgrim? And so it was just incredible, incredible. So I love those moments. And the other day, I'm on a panel. They always ask you questions like, what would you tell your younger self? If you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self? Obviously, I would say, I would tell my younger self, don't come to this conference. That's what I would say. <laughs> don't say yes to the panel. Okay. So anyway, uh, but the other day, big question, strong question. He says, I want you to tell me something, some decisions you made that have impacted the whole trajectory of your life. Really what he was saying is, have you made some decisions that were good decisions, great decisions, in, in, in your yesterdays that you're grateful for in your today that will probably keep speaking into your tomorrow. We've been learning about that in the seed series, that there's some things that we, we decide that impact our now and our next. And I said, that's easy. I can give it to you quick. I know exactly what they are. Number one, salvation. When I said yes to Jesus Christ, June the 21st, 1982, I remember. I was reached through outreach. Sometimes you wonder all these red surfers and we're going out giving out firewood. Is anybody, is anybody getting saved? I got saved because a church did a creative idea, outreach. I would have never come to church. They came to me. I'm here today because of outreach. The second thing, they said, what's the second best decision? Second best decision. Uh, yeah, thank you. The second best decision, I said, who you marry? I mean, whatever stage you're in, whatever situation, single, single again, blended family, whatever those dynamics is. But whoever you're deciding to do life with today matters. So when, when, I, when, I, you know, when I fell in love with my wife, when she was still in like with me, which is kind of hard because you, girl, girl, I love you. I'm, it's about to be Instagram official. You don't want to say, girl, I love you. And she says, thank you. That's great. Hold up, brother. Hold. Don't, make, don't, don't push sin on that Instagram. Hold up. Because she may not even like it. And so, but eventually, she, she got a glimpse of the total package. Come on, baby. Ric Flair. Woo. I'm right here. And she said yes to the dress. Glory to God. Been married 32 years, 33 years this December. And uh, best thing I ever had in my life is my wife. And so, boy, big, big decision. Hey, hey. No condemnation, whatever your dynamic is as of today. Who you do life with matters. Third best decision I made, I said it quick. When I made a decision at 19 years old to be a contributor to the local church. When I made a decision that I was going to give through the local church. I made a decision at 19 years old that I was going to tithe. I didn't know nothing about tithe. I wasn't raised understanding the tithe and giving, but my pastor taught me the power of the tithe. And at 19 years old, I decided no matter what job I had, no matter what type of income I was getting, I was going to tithe through the local church. And then I made a decision at 19 years old that I was going to give over and above, above and beyond. That I just wasn't going to give my tithe. I was going to go, I was going to go beyond that. Because God has gone beyond that in my life. 
And I think there's a difference. Let me just unpack this, how I see it and how I understand it. I'm a tither because tithing to me kind of has the idea of saying, God, you're my source. You are first tithe, tenth, the first tenth. I want to give first so I, I'm, you have supplied for me. And, and what it, it's kind of after I get it. I want you to track me. For, it's like afterwards. I've worked a job. I've laid bricks. I, I, I was a florist for the last week. I, 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 was, I was tent work in an office. And, and so God blessed me. He paid me. And, or, or I got paid. And so I believe that everything I get comes from God, belongs to God. So tithe is the principle. After I receive it, I'm going to go ahead and give it to him. I'm going to give it to him first. That's the principle of the time. So I made a decision. Can I tell you something? There has never been a day in my life that I regretted being a tither, not one day. When I worked at the Shark's Teeth Hut in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, I tithed. When I sold shoes at an athletic store, I was a tither. When I was laying carpet, I was a tither. When I was able to run a health club, I was a tither. When I laid sod, I was a tither. When I dug foundations, I was a tither. And all these years, there's not, I got some other regrets. But I don't, I don't regret one day of being a tither. I'm 56 years old now. I see how God has brought freedom in my life because I, I have some things, but guess what? Because I'm a tither, those things don't own me. I'm not going to let those things own my life. I've seen that in other people's life. I've seen that destroy marriages. I've seen that lead to all kinds of things in people's lives. But then the second thing I decided was I was going to live my life where I would give over and above. I'd give beyond, beyond the tithe. I think that's future. I think the tithe, the tithe is kind of afterwards. Lord, you bless me here. Let me, but, but to me, uh, uh, going beyond is where it's future. Lord, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to say a word to somebody. Even though they've not spoke to me, I'm going to say hi to them. I'm going to forgive someone who's not asked me to forgive them, who's not said, hey, Dino, I'm sorry. I'm going to say sorry first. I think sowing a seed and being able to sow and go before him, that's where I care for someone. I may care for a neighbor that I don't even know that well. It's where I just decide that I'm going to go ahead and serve. I'm going to go ahead and bring those groceries beforehand. I'm going to go down to that soup kitchen, and I'm going to be a blessing to someone. I'm going to go ahead and buy a cup of coffee for the person behind me. I don't know them. I don't know how God's going to use it, but I'm doing it ahead of time. Come on, somebody. I'm doing it beforehand, and I'm going to watch God bless it. I'm going to give that encouraging word. I'm going to go to Popeye's and I'm going to buy that extra, extra biscuit because I may bless somebody today. I may run into somebody who needs a little sausage biscuit. I'm going to be ready for it. And if I don't find it, I'm double dipping. Come on. You live that way. I think that's what Corinthians is talking about. I'm going to live that way. I'm going to be faithful in my tithe. But then I'm going to sow seeds. I'm going to I'm going to be a part of the beyond journey. And I'm going to give extra. Why? So that we could pour some concrete ahead of time. And we're going to pour that concrete. We're going to build out some children's space. And we're going to launch another campus. For those that are not yet here. Oh, they're going to be here. But they're not here yet. 
But I'm going to pour that concrete because a family's going to pull up or single mom's going to pull up or, or a, 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 a young person's going to pull up and they're going to pull in a parking place and they're going to walk in this building. They're going to, some of them are going to check their kids in the kids' area. They're going to walk in this auditorium. They're going to sit in a seat. And Pastor Jeff is going to give the word and this team's going to love people and you're going to serve them. And one day, one day, one day, someone is going to say yes to Jesus because beforehand I sowed a seed. It's how the kingdom of God works. Say, well, Dina, how do I do that and how do I live it at 19 years old, at 39 years old? How do I live it with my little income and my job and my situation? I think there are two steps and two values. I want to finish up, just give you some application. I want to help you. I want to sow into this house. Here's the first step. You maybe want to jot these down. They're real simple. Just two steps and two values. Here's the first step. Just start. I think I need to go to class. No, start. I, I, think, I, I think I need to have a revelation from heaven. And something needs to be written in the heavens. It's already written. Just start. Start tithing. Start giving. Start helping somebody. Just start. Just start doing. Just, just start. Go, go plant a seed. You don't eat all your seed. You don't, God's going to give you bread. Just start. Just get involved. I'm going to start something. I'm just going to start being a blessing. I'm going to start being kind at work. I'm going to start noticing what other people don't notice, hearing what others are not hearing, and seeing what other people are not seeing. You just start today. Go online. Start, start tithing today. You will never have a regret. And then the second thing is join a team. Join a serve team. So well, you just don't know my skill set. I'm an engineer. You know, I'm, a, I'm an online, you know, genius, just a philanthropy genius. And I, I am skilled in the area of the TikTokish. <laughs> whatever your jam is, whatever your flow is, whatever your deal is, I'm telling you right now, God will use it. God's wired all of us just so differently. And there's something about the way you drive your truck. And there's something about the way you care for the sick. And there's something about you hear someone's pain. There's something about how you have compassion with those that are fighting addiction. There's something about you. I can promise you that if you join a serve team, we will put it in circulation and it'll impact eternity. That's just how God works. God works that way. So just start, join a team. And then two values. When you do that, can I encourage you? It'll cause you and you'll be a type of person, a type of family, and a type of church that just spills the love of God all over the place. I want to live my life in a way I just spill the love of God. I'm going to fill up with the word, and I'm going to fill up with prayer, and I'm going to fill up with worship. I'm going to be in church filling up with the word of God and teaching and being around in a small group. And, it's, and I'm going to be so full that when somebody bumps me, oh, I'm so sorry. I just spilled the love of God all over you. <laughs> My bad. We don't want to be full of the world, full of sin, full of negative and criticism. What I love about Milestone is you walk through this building, you walk through this foyer, you walk through the parking lot. If you look closely, all the carpet is stained with generosity. It's spilled the love of God. People need it today. When you run into them, when you run into them, let them have an encounter with the love of God through your words and your care and your kindness. It'll make a difference. And then the last thing, which is, Probably what it's all about. It's what Corinthians is about. It's what this series is about. 
You just, you watch Jesus. When you live that way and you live that life, watch Jesus move. Because he moves with our more. There's that little boy with the lunch. There's multitudes of people who have needs. But he moves that gift. He moves his lunch. He moves it to Jesus. And Jesus takes it. And he moves it among the multitudes of people. He takes our more and he moves it. It's an amazing thing. God, do that in my life. Use whatever I have and multiply it to be a blessing to other people. I look back and I am proud of how we serve Sister Onita. I'm glad that we decided that day, yes, Lord, here's my hands, here's my feet, here's my resource, here's my time. Use it, Lord. Make a difference. I'm glad we made that decision. I'm glad you made that decision as a church where you could respond. You've given. You gave in your yesterday. So the day of the the storm, the day of a need, you're able to make a difference. You fast forward 13 years after we planted that church, after we helped Sister Onita, a little thing called Hurricane Katrina came through our state, the Gulf Coast. It was a long time. Some of you don't remember. Some of you do. And about 1,180 people lost their life during that time. It's a significant tragedy. And I remember as a church, because we had given, because we had a storehouse, because we had learned some things and we needed a little money for this and that, we needed to be a blessing, we needed to be ready for hurting humanity, we were able to respond and we we jumped into action. And I believe over about a 16-month period, we gave out $7.1 million to hurting people because of generosity, because people opened their hand to partners, to churches. I remember about day 11 of the storm we were serving and we'd wake up some days and there'd be 2,000 people on our property getting groceries. I remember one afternoon we fed 7,000 families. Thousands. Of, you couldn't even move on our property. It's what the picture that you showed where the line, cars were lined up all across this campus getting wood and other campuses getting groceries. It's like we built it for this. This is what we were made for. I remember walking out seeing all these people. We were having 20-hour days. One afternoon, I was exhausted. We'd worked all day long. I stayed late, trying to sort things out for the next day. And came out of my office about 1 a.m. in the morning. And I was going to run home and basically take a nap and come back the next day because more hurting humanity would be on our property. I stepped out of our office. I was pulling out of my car. And I looked across at our vast parking lot full of containers and supplies and resource and help and seed. There was three people out there cleaning it up. I, sw- I swung by, hey, thank you so much. Thank you so much for serving. We love you guys so much. And one of them was a, was a, sh- a plant worker, shift worker. He said, Pastor, you mind if I just sleep in my car here tonight? i got to be at work at 5 a.m. I said, oh, thank you, thank you. Another was a single mom. She said, Pastor, I've come so alive serving. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Another was a businessman. He said, I'm taking a business trip tomorrow, but I, I wrote this check. I want this to continue on. Don't let this stop. I said, thank you. I, I was pulling out of the church. I looked around our front building. There's a little car. And the reason why I remember it, because it had one headlight. Driving around our front building, I thought about it was, we're closed. And, and you can't stay here. Over, I'm, I'm, they'll get help somewhere else. I'm going home. It's late. We've been serving all day. I pull out, a, out on the road in front of a church, heading to my house. And, and guess who shows up in my car? The Holy Spirit. He says, you're going to let the people drive around the front of your church all day long? I thought you prayed for people. I thought you asked for people that I would send people here. They're a gift. And you're just going to let them ride around the building. How many of said that? Sometimes the Lord will make you mad. He'll remind you of all those commitments. I remember I turned around, kind of squealed my tire just to let the Lord know. 
You hear that? Okay, I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey mad. I wasn't cheerful. I wasn't, I wasn't hilarious. I pulled in, waved them down. Go, hey, uh, come on. Here, let me let you in the front building, get some water, go to the restroom. But we're closed. We're done for the day. You're going to have to move on. Nine people get out of this Honda. Last one out's a little toddler. I've spent time in Cambodia. I've spent weeks in the AIDS camps in Mozambique. I've never seen a child this dirty. Mess from its head to its toe. One diaper on, it's all I had. Just, just horrible. And they walked by me and I said, sir, what happened? He said, we've been in the water 11 days, living in the water. And we walked out and found a vehicle. And he looked at me and he said, we came here because we heard you help people. Man, I, felt, I just felt so convicted. I just, they came out of the restroom. I said, sir, I apologize. Can we go? Let's go to the back. We've got a whole mall. We'll, it's like our own personal. We'll, you just come back here and shop for everything. I went back there, and those three people were, were lined up. They were, everything was closed. They were getting in. The, I said, excuse me, team, team. I'm so sorry, serve team. We've got another family that needs help. Here's their response. What? <laughs> we were praying for one more family. <laughs> Hilarious. They just, I can't, one more family. I'm like, okay, you are now the pastor. God bless you. I'm going to hell. I'm leaving. I'll see y'all later. We serve that family. We love them. I was on my knees. I will never forget on my knees with little wipes, wiping that child off. About 3.30 in the morning, we loaded them up with ice, gave them ice chests, gave them gift cards. Fueled their car, found some gas, fueled their car. Changed all new clothes, food. I remember as they were getting in that car, the last one in was that little toddler. We had put a onesie on it, powdered him up, and he had a tight diaper on. He was like, how many knows a tight diaper would change your life? And as they drove off, I just sat there with that serve team. Tears. I don't know if we've ever been a good church. But we were a good church tonight. We went the extra mile. We gave above and beyond. We gave it everything we could. And we did it for the cause of Christ. And we did it with an open hand. I don't regret that night. I don't regret that moment. I don't regret any of that. Grateful. That God gave us that gift guess what let's be those people and let's be that church amen let's bow our heads let's pray together Father thank you for your grace and mercy that found us when we were stranded so let us continue to lean in Lord, I pray for the person today who's here and they feel far from you. Maybe there's a hopelessness. Maybe there's a feeling of being lost, forgotten, unnoticed, unwanted. Jesus, thank you that you died on a cross to forgive us of our sins, to give us a new beginning and a fresh start because of your sacrifice. You paid for our sins. We could invite you into our heart and we could be changed. A new creation. 
all across this room, those watching, those participating. I just want to give you an opportunity. In one moment, one of our pastors are going to come and help you take a next step, get you connected, pray for you, invite you forward to be able to just connect with God, be, be a church for you, be a family for you, just give you that opportunity. But I want to pray for anyone here who just says, Dean, I need a new beginning and a fresh start. I just feel far from God. Wherever you're at, we're going to give you an opportunity. But I want to pray for you. Just right in your seat right now. If you just, just pray a prayer like this from your heart. Just say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you that you died. Just say things like that. You rose again. I don't understand it, but I receive it. So today, this day, I confess you as my Savior and the Lord of my life. Just give me a new beginning. Give me a fresh start. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for this church. I pray for our pastors. Let us continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let us live with an open hand and an open heart. Help us to be people, Father, that realize there is freedom and generosity. So, Lord, we love you and we thank you that we're going to live an above and beyond life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.